You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey, welcome back to Cards to the Moon. My name is Clark and I'm here with Hyung and with John for episode number 23. Now off the top, there was a small piece of news that you might have missed, but it was reported this past week that Topps just lost the WWE wrestling trading card license to Panini. So <laughs> I know I don't know if any of us are huge wrestling fans, but instead of focusing on the WWE license, I wanted to just focus on Topps. It seems this iconic company can't catch a break these days, right? They lost their MLB license to Fanatics, which starts in 2026. We heard that before, of course. Right. So I want to ask you guys, do you think this is the beginning of the end for Tops, Or can Tops still reinvent itself to remain relevant in the hobby? What do you guys think? This is a tough one because, oh, man. yeah, yeah, it's like it, it kind of is the... I guess the beginning of the end, <laughs> yeah. given given that they're losing their licensing for, uh, you know, in 2024 with with baseball, but 26. I don't or sorry 2026. But yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what, like Bowman Chrome, what I've noticed, like they've loaded it, like just recently, <laughs> right. just with right, with yeah. younger prospects, they're releasing play a lot more position players, a lot of shortstops. I'm I'm finding outfielders in in these newer products, so it's interesting to see their game plan on that because in previous years I find like even Bowman Chrome was kind of like a subpar set, right? It was, it was flagship, the Bowman that, that, that liked it. But now I feel like they're, they're a little more aggressive with that stuff. So I'm, I'm seeing a little more, I guess, um, positive in that sense. But, um, I don't know if it's, if it's for panic or, or whatnot, but, um yeah I, I it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see in the next uh five six years how they're gonna like recover you know from this because tops i mean baseball's like that's that's what tops is right all the iconic cards are pretty much tops bowman and yeah it's uh it's it's sad to even think that that's even a possibility but we're seeing it day by day that this is kind of like how reality setting in right so um as obviously as a, as a hobbyist this is what you don't want right it's a sad yeah. sad to even talk about this it's like why are we even talking <laughs> about this but uh, i'm i'm seeing a, a positive uh uh in in products like bowman chrome i think bowman chrome 2021 is like an unbelievable product that's underrated so uh, you think they're trying to cash out while they can i'm i'm thinking i'm thinking they're signing yeah. more contracts you know uh and they're doing it at a younger age there's 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 guys in that roster that even haven't even played a minor league game, right? They're 17 years old or, oh, you know, they right. just started or they just signed like a, you know, two, $3 million contract before you wouldn't see, see those uh, too many unless they're like huge, huge, you know, international right, right. Uh, prospects, right? Where you're like, you're number one or number two, right? You're Adrian Beltries and stuff like that, right? So. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Here's a stupid question, but are prospects a part of the MLBPA? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I, that's a good question, but I'm 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 pretty sure, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're all covered under because right. it's a, they're under major league teams, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I would assume sense, so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 
man, WWE, I don't, I'm not sure how the how big the market is, but you know, it's it's I think it's feels like it's growing. There's a lot of interest. Obviously, there's a lot of interest on some of the older products. Like we're all used to I think everyone was into WWF slash WWE back in the day with The Rock and Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan. So you'll see those cards or those characters of cards selling for a premium. I don't know about the new WWE. Like I'm pretty sure it's still popular, but I'd have to imagine more in the southern United States, more so than like in Canada and like (laughs) New York and LA and stuff like that. But man, if I just looking at the Topps website, you know, they lost, they're going to lose WWE. They have UEFA Champions League, Garbage Pail Kids, Star Wars, um, you know, uh, F1, right? Like, I don't, what else do they have? You know, so it is, you know, this is one less thing on their roster. Who knows how big of a hit this is, but it just, it's kind of like what you guys said off the top. It, it does feel a bit sad and it does feel like uh, it, it's like the start of the, the, the demise of Tops. So, a part of you does feel kind of sad for them. I who knows, man? Like we joke around, we've joked around about like Ninja Turtles, Tops Chrome. Like mm-hmm. that might become a possibility. Like truthfully, <laughs> yeah. like they, they might start start digging for all sorts of licenses to try to to to, to revive the product, right? So, yeah, the Raphael Red Refractor. That's <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> oh, that'd be that's fire, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. We talked about this in previous episodes. Like, if tops can stay relevant, they it looks like they would have to acquire licenses for alternative things, right? right? Like WWE and Star Wars, and you know, and such entertainment, anything entertainment value wise. But if they're losing WWE, if this is the early signs of the trajectory they're going on, it doesn't seem good. And the only thing I think that might save them quote unquote is their brand right i think if if they just hold on to their brand recognition especially with baseball like you're what we're talking about they might be in a perfect situation to be bought out for a lot of money and that might be their best case scenario maybe fanatics right we we talked about that before too that that's a likely scenario as well the fanatics will buy out tops for their brand so I think that's the um, way you keep you keep everybody happy, right? Like, but sure. at the end of the day, that's probably Fanatics' last thought too, right? It's like they they probably thought of something that is way. It's like, why are we doing this the old way? We're gonna totally change it, right? There's that side mm. too. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it could it could be real that ideal that you know Fanatics buys off off tops and you keep the tops and Bowman first products because they're so iconic and they're great. True. You know, you're going to keep the hobbyists uh, engaged as well. So you're not going to lose them as well. Right. Yeah. So if, yeah. I, if I were a betting man, I think I would assume fanatics would go after tops first and foremost. Like that makes the most sense, right? Like if you're going to launch all three licenses, it makes sense. Tops tops baseball is tops baseball. That's been the classic. And then you're gonna get Topps Chrome basketball, and you're gonna get Topps Chrome football. Like, I mean, that would be every hobbyist's dream to have those products back, right? So, I would yeah, imagine cool. the the wheels are in motion. And fat, you know, like complete speculation on my part, but <laughs> right. if I were fanatics, <laughs> yeah. I would be, tar- I would definitely be targeting Topps. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, it's all speculation on our part, but it's fun to play that game. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Cool. Let's move on then to this week's hobby headlines. 
So here in Toronto, we got the Sports Card Expo coming up from November 11 to 14. And I know several of us are going after a long hiatus of not being able to go to live card shows due to the pandemic, of course. And I know for many, this will be the first time going to a show. So I thought we could discuss any tips on preparing for the show. And for those of us who have gone before, what are your main goals when you go to a card show? Do you primarily go to find good deals and buy, buy, buy? Or do you go to sell or trade? Or do you go off to drop off your cards to get grading done on site? Or do you go to network with other collectors? Or a little bit of everything. So um, I want to start with you, Hyung. You've been to some shows before like I have. What do you normally try to get out of local card shows when you go? I think you mentioned it all there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a Episodes bit of everything, over. to be okay. honest. But yeah, yeah. No, um, I think uh, just the whole atmosphere, the experience. But here, here's the thing. It's, it's changing. Yeah, like, for sure. It's changing like crazy, and one thing I will say, if you're if you're if you're going, is bring a lot of cash. I know that sounds. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people make this mistake, and this is a common mistake that uh, I guess new guys, because uh, a lot of guys are making deals. They're they're there to make deals. They're make, and a lot of it is high end stuff, right? They're they're looking to deal high end stuff, and if you think about it, like high end cards, they they cost a pretty penny. So if you're, let's just say you you bring you know, $10,000, right? It could run out really, really quick, faster than you would think, right? So right. I think prepping, prepping for that, uh, like maybe it's, uh, you know, doing some research and targeting cards that you might want. Uh, maybe it's uh, liquidating some cards to free up some cash, uh, you know, beforehand. Um, and also, you know, just doing your research on what, uh, what cards, card values are so you're you're constantly in the know you're not you're not constantly checking to see if you know it's a good deal or not you kind of know uh what to expect and know your stuff and like you said the networking is awesome you meet new people i've i've met like multiple people that i've never met just through you know instagram and stuff like that so it's cool you know putting you know a name uh to the face and stuff like that so it's a great networking event and i think um yeah, card shows are only going to get stronger. You know, there, there's a lot more uh, companies like Relic, for instance. I, I got an email. Uh, Relics is in Toronto. It's a local card store. They're having a trade night or whatever, right? So right. it's like they're they're being creative around these things. And you guys remember, it's like we don't like when we went to card stores. You know, pre-COVID, it was totally different. You go to the Toronto Convention Center, and it was it was ninety percent hockey, right? You had yeah. a few select guys with the that that did baseball, but the games changed so much, especially like basketball, for instance, right? There's so many more, you know, basketball collectors here locally in Toronto um, uh, now as well, right? So I think the game is uh, is definitely changing. But if there's one thing, one tip is bring a lot of cash. <laughs> I think I think I think that's one one common thing that everybody uh, kind of misses the target on. They they under under budget always. They don't have enough cash to make the deals they that they want to do, right? So, yeah, bring your slabs and bring cash. Good advice. Good advice. <laughs> Good tip. Another small tip I heard that um I don't have any experience in in card shows, but I heard to bring an extra battery or bring a battery charger <laughs> right. for your phone. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's true. 100% or like one of those portable ones. Yeah. 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 Man, I haven't and been re- to a card show since I think 
I was 15 years old, and it was at. The, I'm pretty sure it was at the same card show at the airport. Yeah. But at the Toronto <laughs> Convention Center. Yeah, yeah. I'm being airport. cooped up because of COVID and not being able to travel to the states to some of these shows. Like, man, I'm, I am pumped up to go. I think my main. I'm, you know, Hyung and I, we we just got back a monster pile of slabs from PSA grading. Ideally, I would love to wheel and deal trade upgrade some of those cards i don't know who is going to take some of my smaller slabs i might be some of these uh veterans listening are going to be like oh man you're in for a rude awakening you're not going to be able to move any of that stuff but ideally i would love to start to trade uh trade up into things and and try and wheel and deal as much as possible even if it means trading two fifty dollar slabs for a hundred dollar slab and then walking around and taking that hundred dollar slab with another hundred slab turning into two hundred and just yeah. kind of grinding all the you know, grinding all the way up. I don't know how much time I'll have, but um, that is the plan so far. We'll see how it goes. Nice. Yeah, I'm pumped too. Like it's been a long time, and like you said, Hyung, right off the top, it's the hobby's changing so much that I feel like this um, show that's coming up is going to feel a lot different than the one I went to two three years ago. <laughs> For sure. Pre-COVID. So I'm pretty excited about the energy that I'm expecting to be there. Um, I know like some of our friends that are going for the first time as well or have, haven't gone to a show in years like, like yourself, Johnny. And, um, mm-hmm. and they're bringing that excitement, you know, like the newcomer excitement to the shows as well. So it's always great to connect with fellow collectors uh, in person and with dealers and uh, with local card shops as well. And and, uh, you know, like, I think it's a, also a good opportunity if you're looking to trade, sell, or buy, like, calculate the 10% you save from not transacting on eBay, you know? And I right. think I think that, that you know, if you keep that in mind, you can find good deals that way, too. And and you get the card right away. Like, that's what I love about card shows, too. You don't have to worry about shipping. You can make a trade right on the spot. You could, you could transact right. right on the spot. Um, switch cash and yeah, bring a lot of cash for sure. If you want those big ticket items, um, cause, cause the thing with the hobby too, there's going to be plenty of big ticket items on the floor, right. you know, um, <laughs> for sure. So, and I'm looking forward to Like I, we joked about this before too, in our, like one of our way earlier episodes, like I'm looking forward to a show where it's not predominantly hockey. Like it has been in Toronto mm-hmm. card shows for a while, like, um, like baseball and basketball for sure. And, uh, you know, like uh, something I, I do kind of really quickly, because there's a lot of tables, you'll see the, the space at these car shows, especially at the airport, um, is pretty big. So unless you go multiple days, you know, trying to hit all of the stalls and paying attention to all of the stalls, like it's virtually impossible. You'll run out right, of time right. or you got to spend the whole day there. And I don't know if you have the, the full day to spend at, a, at the car show. Um, so, you know, one little trick is like you look at cards that you already know, kind of know ballpark figures to. Maybe it's the Luca Doncic base prism PSA 10. You, you're like, you know, it's about seven, eight hundred US. So maybe a thousand Canadian. And you can see like which dealers are really marking it up or which dealers are going by eBay comps. And if you see like a Luca Doncic uh, base prism PSA 10 going for 15, 1600 at a table, um, maybe that's not the table that you're going to spend a lot of time in because they're already overpricing. Right. So that's a quick yeah. tip. You know, who knows? They might have 
uh, a, a mad sale on another another uh, card but you know it's fair i think it's almost fair to say like if you know a popular card and it's priced way too high the rest of the table might be that way as well yeah and if you find one that's yeah. a fair comp maybe you could um find other cards that are are you know are in that ballpark and you can negotiate probably more easily with those kind of dealers that um that go by ebay comps right so right so just another tip and i know there's a joke out there like some dealers hate it when you bring up ebay comps like the idea of ebay comps but sorry man like how are you how's you supposed to gauge current market value it's 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 the it's what we go on it's it's the fight it's the it's the fine line between that and the the guy who wants 40 percent off ebay comps (laughs) right yeah buying at 40 percent yeah so 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 are we all (laughs) yeah seriously yeah cool Anything else regarding the the card show coming up? Anything you're looking forward to? I I think grading too. It, it's going to be interesting. It's going to like because I I bet you there's going to be HGA booth or you know SGC booth. You're going to have your BGS and PSA booths. Right. So it'll be interesting to see. You know I'm sure there'll be sales reps and staff on site. So I think uh, one of the one of the stuff I always did was I. I like the fact that I could, you know, go face to face with the rep and drop my cards off and submit, uh, submit my cards as well, uh, locally. I don't know. Uh, I didn't read too much into it and seeing if they're, if they're expecting or if they're doing express services on site, uh, grading, uh, for that weekend. But, uh, I think it's, uh, it's a good time to bring in some raw cards as well and, uh, maybe seeing your options and grading and saving on, on, on some shipping and a little peace of mind as well. Yeah. yeah yeah if you if you yeah if you have a monster if you have a monster card i think trying to grade it at the show is a no-brainer yeah you know like you're saving on insurance costs you know like i had you know like from my experience i had one of my shack rookies like damaged on the way to psa mm, right you know i thought it was yeah, gonna be a psa right. 10 yeah. turn into a P- psa 7 like you don't have to take that risk right of, of co- what the card might happen you know like during shipping and all that stuff so yeah and i think yeah. I, I do believe that PSA, at least PSA, is providing that express service, and I'm sure it's going to be very popular. So if you do have a monster yeah. card that you want to get graded, like go there as early as possible. Um, right. right. Because like I, I went to a show on Sunday, like the two three years ago that I went to, and and yeah, like a lot of those grading services are are just booked. They're they're not accepting it by Sunday. Shut down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, that makes sense. So yeah, go go Thursday VIP package if you. If you have the funds to uh, go the f- full four days, or or go Friday morning if you can, I know some of us yeah. work, but yeah, good, good, sense. good advice for sure. Yeah, no, it should be a fun show. Yeah, by the time this airs, it'll be, I think, a day before. Yeah, it'll be that week. Right, it'll be yeah, the day before yeah, or yeah. two days before. So maybe we'll do a recap um, on the on a future show. Um, see if we struck out or see if we made some mad deals. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I want to see what Johnny does. Actually, he's got yeah. a bunch of slabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see if he. I'll let you know. I'm coming with a huge backpack, so I'll, nice. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> the PSA backpack, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Um, okay, so let's move on then to our next segment, which is a new segment, and it's called Double Down. So it's kind of the opposite of our dead wrong segment, which we did last week and um, we've done a couple of times previously. But double down is investments in the hobby we've made that we were right about, whether it's a hot player or prospect or a hot card. 
and were looking to buy more of their cards instead of cashing out. Or maybe you're just really bullish on a player still and you're looking to add that player to your collection, to your investment portfolio, so to speak. So which card or player do you guys have that you're looking to double down on? For me, um, it's definitely Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Like he was a guy that I kind of went in on pretty heavy when uh, he had a disappointing, I guess, 2019 season. I don't see it disappointing. The guy, the guy was like 19 years old, 20 years old. What do you expect, right? It's like, what were you doing when you were 19 years <laughs> yeah. old? You know. Uh, but um, yeah, he was really cheap, and I, I I got a lot of like color refractors for, you know, dirt dirt cheap that you know that obviously multiplied exponentially. And then, uh, but I still think it's cheap. Hmm. You know, I still think there's opportunities in the off season where, like I. I, I decide to cash out on some some of my Vladdies, but then the more I think about it, it's like I don't want to sell these numbered cards because you know if I cash out, like I want to buy more Vladdy because I still think he's a he's a great buy, right? So uh, for me, um, definitely Vladdy Guerrero Jr. I I went I went early on him, and I still think he's a buy in the off season. I think he's a he's a very fun guy to watch, especially if if. If you actually watch baseball, and this is another important point, it's like every we wouldn't be having these conversations if they weren't long term hmm. mindset investments, right? Yeah. Like uh, with the mindset of going in long term, because obviously if you're if you're just in it to flip it, you're not gonna uh, basically re-enter to buy in, right? So, uh, it, like I said, stick to your guns. You know, if if you truly believe in that player, you know, definitely double down is the play um uh on on certain players and long-term investments because like i said there's going to be volatility between each uh each year but if you're looking at it from an annual perspective or you believe in the talent uh for for the future there's there's no reason why you know um buying in at the right time and selling some at at, at the same at the right time as well mm-hmm. uh is is a smart short-term and long-term play right so for me it's going to be vladdy um double down and buy I'm buying him even more I think he's cheap I still think he's cheap so I like it yeah that makes sense I wish I could say double down Vladdy but I unfortunately didn't buy too many <laughs> Vladdy's when he was cheap so I can't say the same thing um so my my greatest you know if we're talking about dead right, right. my greatest investment so far is the other guy in the card explosion which which was Otani so I mm. <clears throat> I picked up uh, I don't remember when it was, probably like November 2020 or something like that. Uh, I picked up the Otani Sapphire PSA 10 for 370 Wow, that's hot. And uh, yeah, and I flipped it not too long ago, about maybe two months ago, um, for 4K in a trade. Nice. Awesome. So that was, NX. yeah, so that was my greatest profit so far. Um, and in terms of doubling down, I think so. I think Otani's cards, if they haven't gone down already, um, they're probably going to come down this offseason. And um, I don't think I'm going to get back into the Sapphire. I'd like to get, like, Otani's cards is hard to double down on because they're just so expensive if you're not buying base. And I'm, I'm not really in the mood to buy base. Um, but I talked about this briefly in a previous show. I think his, um, his SP and SSP images aren't that iconic yet. So I don't think they're garnering that much attention. So in terms of the Otani world... Um, I feel like the SPs and SSPs are great targets, 
Uh, so that's probably a card that, like, I, I personally really want the 18, 2018 update, uh, US1 SSP, the one where he's uh, following batting. through on his on his batting. Yeah, that's, yeah. A sweet, that's a sweet card. I know it's still pretty pricey, but if that card can come down to a price that I, I, I'm liking, um, that's probably a card I would try to pick up. So Shohei, for you, Vladdy, for Hyung, I am going with Bo Bichette. Uh, Toronto pick. I actually was going to go with Mahomes, but I, I realized I don't have a Mahomes, so I can't double down. <laughs> but listen, listen, I, you know, we, we had that episode last week about Mahomes. If we are panicking on him yet, and we're overwhelmingly not, not panicking on him. And uh, yep. since then, he had another mediocre game. You know, I think yep. they just barely won <laughs> another game. Um, so, yeah, if I had one, I'm still trying to double down on Mahomes. Maybe, maybe he'll. Absolutely. Maybe he's a card I'm going to look for at the card show the next week. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. Yeah. yeah. But um, but because I don't have uh, Mahomes, it doesn't qualify for a double down pick for me. But I am going with Bichette. I realize it's another homer pick. We chose we t- chose two Toronto Blue Jays out of the three here <laughs> in, in this podcast. But but Bichette, um, if you look at uh, what he's done and the fact that I still feel like he's overshadowed by Vladdy's monster year, like he's cheap. I actually lost on an auction um, for one of his Bowman Chrome first autos, a BGS 9.5. I think it sold for like six, 700. Like I, I feel like that's mm-hmm. still pretty damn cheap. And I think right. if Bichette has another year like this year, you know, where he has double, you know, almost 30 homers, almost 30 steals, 300 batting average. Like I could see that hit four figures easy, and um, yeah, and and Bichette has a lot of cool rookie cards out there, especially autograph rookie cards. Like yeah, to, right. to choose from, right? There's uh, different price points, and I think all of them right. can have the uh, potential to rise. You know, like like um, so it, I think I think Bichette's one of those guys that is just being tremendously undervalued in the hobby, and and absolutely. So I'm I'm doubling down on Bichette. So yeah, that's my pick. Nice. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for his prices to go up. <laughs> I, yeah, I've been waiting. You've already had. You already have a bunch. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I. I was always a huge Bichette fan. You know, and yeah. I think he. Yeah. Hundred percent. He gets overshadowed by uh, Vladdy, right? So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interesting to see though, because, um, I think I think we're gonna realize come spring, it's gonna be totally different, right? It's gonna be whoever's hot out the gate. The prices are just gonna. You know, start to start to soar, and I could see that you know happening with both, you know, all three actually, you know, and that's the scary part though. It's like you on the flip side, take take Otani for instance. Let's just say uh, he comes out of the gate and he doesn't do well. Mm. You know, it's like we use that kind of like that that fantasy baseball day trading logic, and his prices tank, right? So uh, also on the flip side, having a high tout, highly touted. Um, you know, prospect or uh, someone who's expected and it's already baked into that price, it could go the other way, right? Really quick uh, during that span as well, right? So, yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, for sure. Like, um, a good, good example of that is like before last season, I bought a gold refractor of Kevin Biggio, uh, right? Bowman Chrome first auto. And I'm so glad I sold it before the season started when it like doubled in price. Like everyone was optimistic about the young Jays lineup, right? And yeah, and yeah. you know maybe it's a little lucky on my part, but Biggio out of the three, Bichette, Vladdy, 
and Vigio. Like oh, he didn't, he fell off. yeah, he didn't perform um, the way he, you know, the way we all hoped he would, right? Right. So, yeah, it could go either way, but but I'm pretty bullish. I think we're all bullish on Bichette. We're all bullish on um, Vladdy and Shoy's uh, definitely exciting player to watch as well. Cool. Yep. All right, double down. We should always do a double down segment after we do a dead wrong segment to make us feel better. I know. <laughs> I think that's, that's a good balance. <laughs> All right, all good choices. Okay, let's end off the show then, as we normally do, with our favorite segment, Pick One. And this week, it's our regular edition of Pick One, which is where we choose two players or two cards or two sets, and then we debate which one we would rather invest in. All right, so who wants to go first this week? I'll start us off again, okay. as usual. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is this one is uh, I picked this purposely because it, it it's very common in in I guess in the hobby world in the baseball world, and I, n- I already know your guys's answers, but I'm 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 I wanna I wanna expand on it, make you guys think a bit before you guys select it because. Got it. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I should have done more research on it. I don't know the exact populations of each card, but um, it's basically Fernando Tatis Jr. is the player, and we're I'm putting up his Topps Chrome Sapphire PSA 10 um, with his foil board from the complete set, 2019 complete set foil board. So the foil board is numbered to, I believe, 162, uh, and a PSA 10 is a pop six, I believe. Wow. Might be a pop okay. seven, might be a little higher. But then the Sapphire has a lot higher pop. I don't know yeah. the exact pop count. I think it's around uh, 200. Maybe 200, 225, yeah. yeah. But it trades for very similar price because there's not a lot of foil board sales. Because yeah. it's not as as desirable, okay? So just giving you the background story, the Tati Sapphires have gone as high as like $5,000. They trade about uh, $3,000, I think, after correction. It's $2,500, $3,000. Um, and the recent foil board went for twenty two hundred, right. and that and that PWCC auction that we thought, you know, maybe a lot of people didn't see, so it was a steal that that guy sure. got that uh, foil board, especially a pop six. But both are beautifully beautiful cards. If if you hold a sapphire, uh, a tatty sapphire, it's 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 gorgeous. But right. on the flip side, anybody who's held the foil board will say that's probably one of their favorite parallels. Because it's it's a numbered parallel that looks amazing to the eye, so um, I honestly did a poll on Instagram and it was literally fifty fifty. Oh really? And people were like arguing. <laughs> people were like, "You're no stupid! Way. Are you kidding me?" And and if you think about it, like, and that's why it's like I know you guys are gonna pick the foil board, and um, but I just want to say the sapphire is a lot more liquid, right? A lot more yeah. people are in that game. It it sells so easily, right? So and and the price fluctuates too. It's one of those cards where if Tatis value goes up, Chrome colors and Sapphire go skyrocketing first, right? Right before right. a foil board, for instance, you know, because you're you're waiting on comps, but there's no comps, right? Right. So it's like and then the desirability as well, right, of the foil board versus the Sapphire. I think a lot more people like the Sapphire product than a complete set foil board, for instance, because it's a lot more niche, right? So it's like they're the exact same image but different card numbers, different card overall, both beautiful. I've run into the problem where, you know what, I had to choose one, right? So I want to know what you guys would have done if 
if if you're in my situation. Hmm. This is a this is a great one because this is the one that I've been battling ever since I've been trying to get into a bigger Tatis and just lock it up. I love I love the sapphire. Like I think sapphire cards in general look amazing. The look of the Tatis sapphire. Um just as a collector, it's it's one of my favorites and I think one of the all-time modern great cards is the Acuña Sapphire. So like big fan of Sapphire. Um I think the pop number is low enough and I think Hyung is absolutely right about liquidity. This is kind of like you know, other than the gold paper, like we're talking these are one of the bigger liquid cards in baseball like they can go to five grand you can sell it like like that you can just sell it so i can see that point um after battling this you know i I still don't have either i would love to have either or but you know i don't have a six thousand dollar budget to just spend in cash so i'm trying to target one and you guys know i've been targeting the foil board and i eventually chose the foil board uh because I wanted to get something long term. Like I'm when I'm getting a bigger Tatis, I am not selling it next year. I'm not selling it in two years. I'm trying to lock it up. And I know the sapphire is liquid and I know the the potential in sapphire. Uh, but I feel foil boards really underrated. You know, like people aren't people don't really like Tops Complete Set. Uh, foil board is on the map, but we were blessed that Tops Complete Tops used the flagship image in tops complete tatis so it's a flagship image it's numbered if you're trying to get numbered tatis anything with that flagship image you're spending a lot of money i like i don't know what's the the most basic number you know it's it'll be the gold number to 219 i think that's going for like 1400 right now uh, a purple chrome is like six thousand dollars like you're spending a lot of money and to get something that i think it's i think the last number it was like pop eight but it's definitely under 10 yeah and to get like a pretty banging long term and i don't know how many more pops of these are going to come out because the foil board is really hard to grade um yeah no matter how you know niche it is locking it up in a safe i i i I like the foil board over the two and you know it's it's like a 55 to 45 like it's barely (laughs) winning over the sapphire it's not like i'm you know it's a landslide i'm choosing it over sapphire but i'm barely choosing it over the sapphire yeah nice I don't know. You might be surprised, guys. I'm going Sapphire because I think Ooh, yeah. I think it's your end goal with Tatis, right? Like, I agree. Foil board is beautiful. Sapphire is beautiful. I love numbered cards, of course, um, which foil board is. But you know, I'm if I'm if I'm trying to lock up a Tatis, it's gonna be for me. It's gonna be a Bowman Chrome first auto of a color. Mm. And right. and if I could get a hands on, if I could get my hands on a Sapphire. Um, and he does well, and it, the prices jump. I know it's liquid enough to to uh, sell, and then use those funds to hopefully um, find a good deal for some autograph card. You know, ho- hopefully a Bowman Chrome, if not Topps Chrome. So I, I, you know, my play is like the Sapphire is not the be all end all for me. You know, I, like for you, it seems like the full board is something that you would want to lock up in the safe for a while, Johnny. Right? For me, it's like right. I would love to just have the Sapphire. Because it looks great when you have it, when you own it, but I don't, I don't want to be so attached to it that I don't want to get rid of it, you know. And and when the timing is right, you know, like um, I would try to use that as a um, uh, a bargaining chip to get a to get a higher or better Fernando Tatis card, in my opinion, which is uh, which is yeah. some kind of high grade auto. 
So that that's that's uh, that's interesting because you guys both had like the. I guess one side or the other, and uh, yeah. you know, and it's both it, it's both valid points, right? It's I, I I actually chose this because I was hoping that we we discuss this because mm. these are real life situations that I think Absolutely. are yeah. uh, people could get game perspective in it. And for me, this was an actual real life situation. I had both. I had uh, I had that tattoo sapphire we talked about in an earlier episode that we crossed from BGS that nine five. So that ended up PSA tenning, and then um, I had a tattoo foil that I ended up uh, getting for cheap, really cheap before pre COVID that I ended up keeping because I love foil boards specifically in PSA cases, uh, specifically for foil board. I had the Acuna foil board in a in a BGS case. And honestly, it doesn't shine as much. But I was hoping that you guys had both uh, perspectives because I was in this situation. And I obviously chose foil board um, for mine. And I sold the Sapphire because of all the reasons you said. It was liquid. The price was right. I took the profit. And then on the flip side, John, I took the foil board because uh, I wanted it long term. You know, lock in the safe. You know, I know that, you know, I didn't care about the next comp. If if it was cheap enough, I would have bought the next foil board. And right. I would have tried to get the six foil boards that existed, right? right. At that, at that right. point, if it's if it's selling for cheap, right? But I was hoping that you guys both had both perspectives because I kind of witnessed both, right? And yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah. why I, li- I like both of these cards for that for those reasons. And uh, I thought it would be a good good discussion talk. But I thought it was going to be... Uh, a, a sweep with the foil board to be honest <laughs> right so uh but i'm gonna obviously my my move was foil board that's what i actually did if i look back and say if would i do it again i'd probably do it again i'd probably take profit on the on, on the sapphire and then keep the foil board long term right so right. you guys you guys made a combination of exactly what i was gonna do right so yeah but there's 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 these situations in other cards if, if you have the budget for one card so um yeah it's just uh, another perspective that i want to share with you guys yeah good one yeah and i think clark's clark's side of this is a great tip to a lot of listeners that are are trying to figure out this you know quote-unquote investment game for sports cards if your end goal is to try to get into a five thousand dollar card or a ten thousand dollar card or something huge and you're not you're not one of these you know or whatever whatever your your um your space is um the steps that you take, I think buying liquid is is so key. Like I think you're absolutely right on about that. Like you don't want to, even though it's an awesome card, you don't want to get into niche cards hoping those are stepping stones into your bigger cards. It's just not it's gonna be a tougher journey, right? Like getting into liquid cards as much as possible to get to the end goal. So I think number one, it's important to figure out what the end goal is, and then number two, how to get there. Right. I think Clark makes a lot of sense in, in in going after liquid cards, right? And that's that's exactly why liquid cards do so well, is because that's mm-hmm. what other people are doing, right? So, All right, yeah, yeah, good one, yeah, yeah, that was a really good one. All right, um, all right, Johnny, yeah, I'll go next. So, in honor of our uh, our private chat group, it seems like everybody is just jonesing to rip right now for some <laughs> reason. So I'm going to do a Ripper's Dream Walmart. 1v1. Okay. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> hunting at Walmart right now. It's crazy. Nice. So we're going to go, uh, you have to rip, but you're allowed, You're gonna, given this for free. So if you're going to give one or the other. So you're getting a box or a, a case um, 
of 2020 basketball basketball flawless. I don't know what you know. The new one's not out yet. Like 2020 is not out yet, but I'd imagine resale will be ten to thirteen thousand dollars. But no resale. You got to rip. You got to rip. Yeah. You got to rip That's it. Yeah. It's not yeah. in, not for investment. You're ripping. <laughs> yeah. This is for ripping. So one case of flawless, like one box, or whatever the equivalent money is, 2020 Prism Basketball Hobby. So that'd be like, let's say 10 boxes. 10 boxes of 2020 Prism Basketball with Lamello or 2020 Flawless Lamello. Pick one. You got to rip it. You get it for free. So there's no guilt. Which one are you choosing? <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be a game time decision for me. You could go with Clark. <laughs> okay. I have a feeling I know what Chung's going to do actually, but <laughs> but I'm going to go with <laughs> I'm going to go with Prism. Like it's hard, yeah. And and if I was going to get it for free, I'm like, oh, flawless would be a sweet rip, you know. Like when yeah. else when else am I going to get an opportunity to go that high end? And you know, but at the same time, like the number of hits that you can get with Prism, multiple boxes of Prism, is is what appeals to me. You know, like the different parallels. Like I like collecting. Um, and ripping different rookies, hot rookies that I can, you know, just uh, um, trade or sell later on. So the opportunities I feel like are there for um, more flips, but maybe like that that uh, super high end card is more. You know, I won't get that opportunity with the hobby prisms, right? You know, maybe, right. but like I would uh, in flawless, which would be amazing if you went for the flawless and you got like a. Like a one of one something, right? Um, yeah. Um, but um, oh, even Lamelo RPA at a ninety nine. Oh yeah, know, exactly, like exactly. Raw, I'd probably go for like twenty five Gs or something. Oh crazy, man, right? that would be crazy. Yeah, like exactly. But I feel like with my luck, I probably won't get the RPA of, uh, of Lamelo. <laughs> so I'm like, I might as well like diversify my risk and get a number of hobby boxes and and start collecting parallels, hot parallels. So that's that's my reasoning. I'm going with the hobby prism, just based out of my off my personality. Nice. That makes sense. <laughs> Saw that coming. My, 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 my mind is telling me, you know, uh, you, you know, the prism yeah. boxes, but my heart's just saying, you know, you gotta go flawless. What are you insane? It's like for me, it's like I'm, yeah. If if I'm given a box to rip, you know, I've ri- I've ripped my share of prism. It's it's prism basketball is 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 tough too. It's not, uh, but. There's some massive cards as well, so obviously the safer the safer bet is going to be Prism. You're probably going to do well, um, but I'm a and Clark was you're probably referring referring uh, that that I was going to pick the flawless, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you knew that, oh, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, oh yeah, it's it's hundred percent flawless. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping a little NT magic, but flawless will do. Like <laughs> I think you could, yeah, you could pull a game changing card that like is insane right like any lamello rpa i remember the zion rpas uh, in flawless were going insane at at release as well and uh yeah you you're never going to get to rip that kind and when 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 you're ripping at that level it's a different game it's totally the, I, I mean hobby boxes are no joke if you're ripping prism hobby boxes especially multiples yeah. that's a pretty fun rip like i i would love to experience that but there's nothing like hitting absolutely monsters in a yeah. monster set right like and i think if you're doing it for free might as well right might as well have that experience and 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 go big but like like i said i'm i'm the gambling type <laughs> I, I i like the risk so i'm i'm going flawless 
Nice. We saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Too boring. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like, you know, if it, this is obviously hypothetical, we're kind of having some fun with it. If I was literally presented this in real life, I would I would probably think I'm going to pick the 10 prison boxes because of blah, 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 like odds and, and being a little bit safe and the amount of hits you're going to get and all that stuff. But I would hope, and this is going to be my choice for the hypothetical game, I'm going to pick Flawless oh, because yeah, let's go. to have that, to be guilt-free and to experience something that you would probably never get to experience. Like, I don't think ever in this game, this sports card investing thing, or or as a collector, as a collector, I'm ever going to rip one of those boxes, like Flawless. I'm never going to do it. I'm not going to buy it for 10 grand. So to have that opportunity for, for free, something that I'll, I'd never thought I'd get to do, I'd hope if it ever were to present itself, <laughs> I would pick Flawless. I'm, I'm going with Flawless just for the experience. Nice. Makes sense too, yeah. Guess I'm the only yeah. practical one here, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I was just gonna say, even with the free box. Okay. <laughs> All right, I like those. Okay, so this one's. I think it's gonna be a fun one too. My one v one or my pick one uh, pair is Luka Doncic Silver Prism PSA eight versus Luka Doncic Base Prism. PSA 10. Oof. So we always say this, right? Choose the Yikes. card over the grade, but let's let's put it to the test. What which one are you which one are you going to go for, you know? <laughs> if it's a base what? prism and the comps are oh. pretty similar. That's why I chose the PSA 8. It's about right. you know, right. um 1000 bucks, let's say. Uh for a Why is it a PSA 8? Like what happened to it? <laughs> Surf, bad surface gotta be I'm like asking person yeah, like corners or a bad corner right yeah, you can ask psa later That's in tough. PSA, PSA, but yeah psa hates tough it's a tough it's a tough grade yeah. but you're right it's like by the card not the grade right like silver um yeah but that this this one's really tough because um do you guys know the pop oh, on the PSA? i don't but by any chance it's probably low under two under two thousand something like that, right? Yeah. Or oh yeah, less. yeah, way less, way less. We're talking. It's a rare. It's more rare than PSA nine, probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, it probably more rare than PSA tens too. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a tough card. PSA eight is tough. PSA eight. Give me an eight and a half at least. You know, give me that half that PSA gives. Um, but. I was going. I was, I think this was the toughest out of all three, to be honest, because like it makes sense to go PSA ten. I think in the situation of the liquid game, where you could really cash out fast. So it's that same scenario that we talked about uh, with the sapphire and the foil board. I think, but right. I think for me, it's like uh, I I just love the silver prisms. I think they shine. They hit differently. I would even consider cracking it out. And just enjoying it in a you know in a one touch or or whatever right or you know just having it in in as a personal collection item um, I would go silver okay uh, silver Luca yeah I just think uh, like I said it's 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 tough for me to justify let's just say that was a ten thousand dollar card last uh, last season you know in a PSA ten right so it's like for it to be eight hundred bucks because someone said it was a PSA <laughs> right. versus PSA eight versus PSA ten right so it's like I go back to that. And I'm just like, you know what? I'll, I'll take the Luca for 800 bucks, you know, or the Luca Silver for 800 bucks. Like, it's a steal for me, right? So, 
I'm going to go Silver Luca 8. It's a tough one, though, because I do like the liquidity of the other one where you're not going to get tossed around. The value is what it is, and you you have the ability to cash out uh, whenever you kind of want, right? So if it's on a high high note uh, because Luca's having a great year, you know, you can cash that out. Uh, whereas a Silver, you're going to look for comps all over the place. People are going to lowball you because it's a PSA 8. If you're thinking of flipping it, you're probably not going to do great. You're probably going to do better with the PSA 10. But for me, I'm holding the silver. Okay. I'm I'm holding it in my hand every day. It's a beautiful <laughs> card. It is. Silvers are great. And just to give you more context, not that it matters, but the pop count for silver PSA 8 is 256. So not a lot of them given that grade. 256. Out of the 4,600 graded um, by PSA, Luka Doncic Silver Prisms. And then, of course, the PSA 10 base is almost at 18,000 out of the 33,000. Jeez, Louise. 33,000 yeah. graded total, yeah. Right. All right, Johnny. Man, that's 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 tough. PSA 8 for Ultra Modern. I think that I would imagine that sells less for raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You're, you're buying raw, you're, you're probably hoping it may be a 10, you know, I'll probably get a 9. And definitely not thinking eight, so oh that's tough. Um I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go silver. And it's not cause it's not a collector thing. It's not a buy 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 the card, not the grade. Um I'm just a little I'm still concerned. Like we I've been really trying to study what the heck is happening with base right now. And and you know, I we I wanna mention this in, in some future shows and continue to study it, but um yeah, I'm a little concerned where base is headed right now. Like, even if we're talking short term in the next six to twelve months, if somebody had eight hundred bucks and choose one of these cards for like a flip, I'm not that confident in base. Like, I feel like base is going to continue to get a little bit hurt. I don't know where the floor is, like the the how much more it's going to come down. But I think silver, even though it's a PSA eight and it's not desirable. I feel like the value would hold up because silver is now, we talked about this too, silver is separating itself in terms of multiplier versus the base. So that would mean the PSA 8 would also continue to hold its value, if not get larger, as we continue down the road. So from an investment standpoint, if you're choosing the two cards, I get PSA right now, the base is a little bit more liquid, but I still think you're going to be the winner six to 12 months from now with the PSA 8 silver. Aside from it being shiny and it looking great and like buy the card, I think investment wise, I feel like the PSA 8 short term and long term. We all know what's going on with like LeBron refractors and like, you know, Dwayne Wade refractors. I mean, that's a different era because it's Topps Chrome, but regardless, in the future, you know, if Luca, you know, this is, we're talking about one of the most iconic of the modern era, Luca, Luca. Could be, go down as one of the most iconic, and then we've got the Prism card, and you have a silver. Um, yeah, short or long, I like the PSA 8. Okay. Yeah, I mean, based on our previous discussion, as, as we were talking about um, with the liquidity of Sapphire and, and uh, Foil Board, like I was heavily leaning to just going with the base PSA 10, um, just for the liquidity, mostly. But... As you guys were discussing, I'm changing my mind. It's going to be a sweep. <laughs> it's a sweep. Uh, PSA 8, silver. And you know why? Got him. This, <laughs> the, the, my reasoning is that like, if you look at 
the it's equivalent, rough equivalent of like the older basketball cards, Topps Chrome and the Topps Chrome Refractor, right? So let's say Topps Chrome mm-hmm. is like the base and the Topps Chrome Refractor is like uh, the silver. So, you know, there's um, the Refractors, Topps Chromes is obviously much more rare and just like the silvers are much more rare than the base. And I think... Um, usually PSA 9 and PSA 10, like the rules are different for those grades. Like, and then PSA 8 and below, the, the value just completely drops off in most cases, mm-hmm. right? Like right. no one wants right. PSA 8. You know, we, Hyung, you're just joking. Like, why can't it be just an 8.5? No one wants a PSA mm-hmm. 8 because it's just a bad <laughs> grade in general, right? It might as well be a PSA 2, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but I feel like the rules are slightly different for refractors and for silver prisms like if you look at i've been um I, uh, you know on the side i've been telling you guys i've been looking for like a um carmelo anthony tops chrome refractor right and yeah, i was looking today too and yeah like just the rarity <laughs> of refractors like i wouldn't mind a psa 8 if the price was right or like a obviously like a, let's go higher lebron james tops chrome refractor you're not going to care if it's a psa 8 you know like if you have right. it yeah. it's going to be sweet because it's so right. rare yeah. it's lebron right um, I think it's the same rules kind of will apply for Luka Doncic. If he has the career, um, like LeBron, for example, a Hall of Famer career, um, you know, a silver PSA 8, I don't think you're going to care as much. I think the value is still going to be there and it's going to be way cheaper yeah. than a PSA 9 and way cheaper than a PSA 10. So for some people, that uh, budget price point is perfect, the PSA 8. Yeah, um, so, absolutely. So I, yeah, just kind of talking it out with you guys right now and as listening to your comments. <laughs> Uh, I, I changed my mind uh, just right now. So, uh, sweet. Nice. <laughs> all right. That, that was a good one, man. Yeah, I thought all of uh, yeah. all of our pick ones this week was pretty, pretty tough. Pretty tough. So, um, okay. Awesome show, guys. Uh, thanks again to all our listeners and subscribers. We appreciate all your support. And if you are a listener from Toronto, uh, we'll be at the show, I think, on Friday, November 12th. So, Uh, maybe we can meet you there in person uh, if you're a listener of the podcast and for everyone else we'll be back with a new episode next Tuesday so see you then bye hey thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon we'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards or John at TradeU at Recess. You can also check us out at fivecartguys.com. Thanks again and hope to connect soon.